Not sure where to start, but <laughs> who said that? Thank you. Because I'm going to do that. We're going to go back to Genesis 3.15. But um, I wasn't planning to do this, but as we were singing, uh, we're, we're talking about vision as a church. And, and I want to thank everybody that come out this morning. We had a vision class this morning. We had over 100 in here, uh, 106. Yeah, give the Lord praise for that. And, and to be honest with you guys, I hope it's this many next week because everybody in here can be in these meetings. But, but, uh, but we're talking about vision for the next few weeks. And, and vision is what God has called us to do as a church. But, but also, uh, I think vision starts with us as individuals in this body. And, and anyway, that was reiterated at the end of the class. Somebody texted me that. But, but we've been challenging you the last few weeks to pray for yourself, uh, your spouse, your family, your church, the church family, uh, and then the Global Methodist Church, Israel, and the world, and, and really be seeking God for what he's going to do. And that's what vision is is seeking God about what he wants to do in our life. And, and to me, the vision's quite simple, but we need to seek him to know exactly how to walk in that. And the songs today just move me. Uh, the Lord's coming soon. And we all got excited about that, man. That first song, I was all excited. I was back in the back getting around, and I was a singing louder back there and, and kind of moving out in the Lord because, man, he is coming soon. We can see it. Uh, all the signs have been fulfilled. Jesus could come back at any moment. And, and we're excited because we're ready. But then I think about those that aren't ready. And, and I think about my brothers and sisters, and I think that's what you were seeing from me last week, is I was just emotionally run over last week by people that were hurting. And then we sing the next song, Lord, Come Soon, and, and or uh, uh, Dwell in the Shelter of the Most High. What's that song called? One at a time, Joel. And, and that song is so powerful. If we dwell in the shelter, then he's going to hear me. Boy, I'm sitting there. When Joe and them sing that song, they keep singing that first poor, I will dwell in the, you know. And I'm like, okay, let's get past it, the fun stuff. And we sing it over and over, and I'm anticipating. And you will hear me. You'll rescue me. And you'll heal me. And, and that just pumps me up. And, and when I think about that, when... We're in vision and, and seeking God for vision. You know, we know we're good. We know we're going to be okay, but we know some other people that, that aren't. We see what's all going on in the world and, this, you know, even the stabbing in Lamar, the, the different things going on in Israel. We need the Lord. And this world needs the Lord. And we know that when we draw into him, he will give us vision to deal with all these things. He will give us vision and understanding and he will what? He will come and he will rescue us 
and he will heal us. And so he will give us these things. And, and these songs we sang just reiterated. But guys, it all goes back to, and I think is what is centered on, is God's love for us. Man, we were created in God's image in the beginning. We were created in God's image. God put his breath in us. Man, we were walking the town with God in the coolest of the day. We were experiencing the totality of God. Man, it was good times. And then we all know that sin entered in. And when that sin entered in, it, it, it put a divider between us and God. And the world gets so mad because, oh, God cast, cast us out of the Garden of Eden. God cast us away. God did all these things. When he knew that if we ate from the tree of life, that we'd be stuck in our sin state. That's why we were escorted out of the Garden of Eden. And again, I wasn't prepared to, to go over all this, but you can read this in the scripture. But before he escorted Adam and Eve out of the garden, Genesis 3.15 says this, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And what that scripture was talking about is, is when God was basically escorting them out of the Garden of Eden, he was prophesying over them that I'm going to send the Christ. I'm going to send my son, and he's going to come after you. He's going to die for you. He's going to make it to where you can live for me in this world in per perfect harmony with me now, but that you'll be able to walk with me in eternal life. That was that prophecy in the beginning. From the very start, when we mess up, God gets us away so we don't get stuck in our sin state. And then he prophesies about sending his son. You see, Jesus was with God in the beginning. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God. John 1, 1 tells us about. And that word came and made itself flesh. So Jesus was born of a baby that we talk about every Christmas, and we, I hope, believe that happened. But Jesus was born. God was born in the flesh. God lived in the flesh through Jesus Christ. He lived life without sin, and he went to the cross died for our sins so that we could enter back in. Did you ever think about that? So this time on earth, we're deciding. Every breath we take, we're deciding where we're going to spend eternity. And God is a God of choice to where he gives you the ability to choose your destiny. He didn't make you live in eternal sin and eternal death. That's your choice. He ushered us out of the garden so that we all would have a choice. And, and we can choose Jesus or we can choose not to have Jesus. But Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one enters in but by me. And so if we want to be with God, it's simple. 
For God so loved the world that what? He gave his only begotten son that what? Whoever believeth in him, but what? Should not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus paid that price so that we could experience God. So that we could understand him now. And that's what's so neat is when I do dwell in the shelter of the Most High, I can experience God now. When I take time out to get alone with the Lord, He can come in because He heard me. He can rescue me and He can heal me time and time again. So, but no matter what, when we choose Jesus, He hears us. He rescues us and he heals us so that we can have eternal life. Are we ready for all that? And apparently most everybody in here is ready. But we all know people that aren't. And that's why we're having times of visioning and and seeking God as individuals and as a church to see how God wants us To share this simple message that I shared with you today. That God wants us to tell others about him. Every person in this room, if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, you're an evangelist for him. You're witnessing for him whether you believe it or not. You're witnessing for him. And so again, I challenge you to press in. I want you to turn to Habakkuk 1.1. And Habakkuk, I think, was going through a lot of of what we're going through. And I'm going to be in all three chapters. And I don't know where this is going to go because I've already taken all this time for that. But I believe the Lord wants you to hear what I just said. But what blesses me on Habakkuk is you turn there. And if you're taking notes or online or on the church app, excuse me. But, but there's three things that, that I believe we see from Habakkuk in this book. He, one, honestly inquired of the Lord. Two, he had an unshakable faith. Three, he was concerned about revival. And that's the three things that I believe we as believers need to be about. Now, really, you need to read all three chapters to get the gist of what I'm talking about, but I'm going to try to to show you these three points today. But guys, we are in the last days, and, and we need to press in to the most holy places with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and seek him with all that we are. So Habakkuk 1.1, and the reason why, I'm chasing rabbits again, the title of the sermon is Wait for It. Uh, this idea of waiting for it is a pet peeve for mine. If you come up to me and say, hey, Kent, watch this video, wait for it, it drives me nuts. <laughs> if you send me a video and it says, wait for it, I will not watch it for five minutes and probably miss what I'm supposed to be waiting for. I just can't do it. It drives me nuts. 
Karen will, she loves me so much, I miss a lot of the Viking games, and so she'll record them. But a lot of times I fast forward them because I don't want to wait for it. I want to know what's going on. But I think the Lord showed us, me, that we're a lot like that as Christians. Uh, we, we don't know how to wait for Christ to do his thing. And because of that, a lot of us are suffering. A word that the Lord put on my heart, and I'm trying to find it here because I'm jumping around, but, but a word that I don't even use came to my mind in describing this. But the Lord spoke to me, believers are suffering from paralyzation. And I'm like, what is that, Lord? I'd look it up. But paralyzation is, biblical paralyzation means, the weakness going on around you is so bad that you're unable to make voluntary faith movements. We can't wait upon the Lord. And so things are going on around us, the stuff in Israel, the stuff that happened in Lamar. And by the way, I think in, in the Bible class I said shooting, it's a stabbing. But by the way, all these things going on in, in our world and in our personal lives, we can't wait upon the Lord. We can't wait for him. And so we get to this point of paralyzation that our faith is inactive. We're paralyzed. And the Lord doesn't want the church to be that way. And I think Habakkuk was fighting against that. He said, look at the wickedness that surrounds me. And any justice is perverted. Isn't that the world today? Man, you, you see all this nonsense, this craziness coming out of Washington. I don't even know what to believe anymore. I don't know what news to believe anymore. I don't understand it. Just all this stuff going on, the wars in the world. It's not just Israel. It's, it's over in Ukraine. It's, it's in Africa. There's wars going on everywhere. You know, the, the, the schools took a break in Liberia because of the elections, because they're worried about the response to the elections. So they closed school. Man, the craziness, the, the things, the wickedness that surrounds me, the problems of ethnicity. I'm so sick of, of, of talking about color, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear it for saying that today. We're all equal in God's eyes. And, and I get in trouble all the time. I, I say, I don't see color. And it ticks people off. Oh, you should see color. Come on. We love each other the same. We see churches failing everywhere, pastors failing everywhere. And if we're not waiting upon the Lord, if we're not going into that most holy, holy, holy of holies, We're going to be paralyzed. Paralyzation is going to come upon you. And that's the warning I think the Lord is saying that happened to his church, is happening to his church. My people, in due time, it will happen. This is a word that Gary gave out on the 19th. When the time is right, I will act. A time when I have ordained will come to fruition. 
A time when the yes and amen moves according to what he has promised. Then you will know that I am, I am is the God who is neither hurried up nor thwarted in his ongoing plan. For there is a time, slide six, there is a season for each and everything in my plan. When the time is right, each part of that plan will be revealed. Not before and not after. It is important that you be in sync with that plan. I will reveal to you at the appropriate time when and what you should do to be exactly in the line with that plan. Be in tune with the Holy Spirit not to miss the time I say to move nor the instruction to be ready for I'm about to move. He will be your messenger who will keep you informed Pay attention on what he speaks to your ear. As I was getting that burned in me, this sermon today, Gary sends that out Wednesday. And I, and I always say, you know, is that from the Lord? You guys weigh it out. But, but when I'm sitting, the Lord's saying, wait for it. I'm in control. Get into my face and seek me out because I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to pour into you and you're going to know what to do. And then Gary sends out that word. Again, I believe when we're praying, God is ministering and taking us all in the same direction. And I believe that word is from the Lord. Don't be paralyzed by what's going on around you, but press in the Lord and trust him. Now let's go back to the scripture. Habakkuk was in the same deal, in the same place. The oracle of Habakkuk to the prophet Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear me? How many have said that? Hmm? I've said that lately. Or cry to you, violence, and you will not save. Why do you make me see iniquity? Why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise So the law is paralyzed and and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. And then God answered. Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded for I am doing a work in your days that you will not believe if told. And that's what God's speaking to you as you cry out as I cry out and say, Lord, What's going on? What's going on? He's saying to wait upon him because he's in control. And your safe place, your refuge is to get into his presence. We're going to jump to Habakkuk 2.1. Habakkuk 2.1, slide 2. I will take my stand at my watch post. This is Habakkuk's response. And station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer connecting my complaint. So we hear all this, guys, you cried out, Lord, where are you? God, what's going on? Your timing's off a little bit with mine. God answers, and that was good enough for Habakkuk. He said, I will go to the throne. I will go to you, Lord. And the Lord answered in verse 2, what you get, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. 
For, this, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. So he's saying, write it down. Now, you guys, I shared a prophecy that the church received like in 2013. And I shared it in the class earlier today. I told you then the prophecy, I could see some of it then, but part of it didn't convict me until this week. So we need to write down what God is speaking to us until it comes true. God has spoke things into me and they will come true. But we can't become paralyzed by what we see going on around us to where God can't be effective in our life. So write it down. And the reason I believe the Lord told him to write it down was, guys, Habakkuk did not see this vision fulfilled before he died. Could you go to your grave knowing that something God told you did not happen yet? That's faith. So we say a lot of times, well, God said this and it hadn't happened. That was 30 years ago. I must not have heard from God. If God said it, he's going to do it, people. What's he saying to you? What's his word saying? Because it's going to happen. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. Guys, the vision that God gave me for this church years ago about going out north, south, east, and west was I had a vision, and I think I was awake, but I don't know. I had another one just the other day that I shared with Jim and Joe that I don't even understand. Actually, three this last week I don't understand, and I know they're from God. And so I talk about them, write them down. But, but the first vision the Lord showed me that, that Oakton was going to get so excited about God that they were going to expand into a new facility. And, and we were, and again, Jennifer Diggs was hauling me around. Why, Jennifer? Because she's my best friend, I guess. But, but she hauled me into this new church. But as we went by a group of people that were so out of control that we had to hire security to maintain the atmosphere because it was everybody, nobody wanted into church. It was everybody that needed Jesus. And so there was prostitutes, there was fighting, there was just total chaos. And I remember driving by that and seeing all the security guards that were just out of control trying to keep control. And I have seen this before at Carthage in the, in the flesh with kids. But when the Spirit of God began to speak, the peace came over. And as we drove around the corner, a person come out, and he blew the trumpet, and church service was starting, and you could just see the anointing go across. And by the time we got around the corner, and, and I was walking into the church to preach, I ended up crawling into the pulpit because the anointing, the presence of God was so strong. Never forget it. And I referred to earlier, there's been times that we've had so many kids at Carthage that it was out of control. It was miserable. It was, you guys just work down there know what I'm talking about. But when the Lord begins to do his thing, that peace comes over him and, and people are getting saved. But then another year later or so, I was, I was flying. So that tells me somebody in here has got an airplane that's going to haul me around. But I was flying, and we were flying over Oakton Central, and there was just dots everywhere. 
of people coming from every direction into our church service. And whoever's with me, we were so excited that we did a rollover in the plane. And I said, they were excited. And I thought that'd never happen. Well, I know five pilots in this church now that's connected here. But what I remember is they was going cross country to get here, walking. I don't know, but I hang on to these things. Verse four, behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. There's that famous scripture that we all stand on. The righteous shall live by faith when it's not going good around them. When it is going good around them, at all times, the righteous will live by faith. You notice we're not puffed up. We're not upright and all that, but we're righteous and we're living by faith. This one here, get this one. Because I know people don't like me saying this because social drinking is a big thing in the world today, but I think it's a trap. But moreover, wine is a traitor, an arrogant man who is never at rest. His greed is as wide as shell, which is hell. Like death, he has never enough. He gathers for himself all nations and collects all as his own, all peoples. Isn't that the mentality of the world today, just to get it all? I want it all, I want it all, I want it all. So point one, Habakkuk honestly inquired of the Lord. We see, instead of complaining, and do you guys realize that that Habakkuk's first question, slide uh, seven, How could God allow his rebellious people, Judah, to get away with so much sin without being punished? That was his question to God. And God responded he would use the Babylonians to punish the nation of Judah. Habakkuk didn't want to hear that. So the second question he said, how could God allow a nation even more wicked and cruel than Judah to punish her? And God responded by assuring a day of reckoning would also come for the Babylonians. And so we see that that Habakkuk went to the throne, like I'm telling you guys to go to the throne, and God reveals his plan to him, and, and Habakkuk's like, whoa, dude, that doesn't line up with what I'm believing here. There's a better way to do it. And things kept happening around him, things keep going around him, But Habakkuk finally responds in Habakkuk 2.1. I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. So in other words, I don't like, I complained, I don't like what's going on, but I'm going to trust him. I don't understand why things are going like they are. They're not my way of doing it, but I'm going to trust him. That's why I say there may be vision that God calls us to do that it's tossed too much or we don't understand why we're doing it or or it's just craziness. We just do it because we trust him. So without total understanding, Habakkuk expresses faith in God and his sovereignty 
and a certainty that God is just in all his ways. In slide nine, God responds, Habakkuk 2, 2, and Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Mainly because Habakkuk probably wasn't going to see it come to, to play. But he was telling Habakkuk to align with his vision. Guys, we need to align with his vision and, and pass it on to our kids if it hasn't happened yet. And pass it on if it says it in the word because it's going to happen. Slide nine, Habakkuk responds to that. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. And as I told you earlier, I believe all the Old Testament points to the cross. And he's going to take joy in where he's at, in his place, because he knows the salvation that's coming. That's where we need to get to, guys. We need to get to the point, no matter what's going on around us, we're going to take joy. And we're going to stand with the Lord because we know that our salvation is coming. Now, in Habakkuk's conversation there, they were prophesying about the Christ. And he did come. In our situation, it's prophesying that Christ is going to come soon. And he will come soon. But what I want us to notice here is that, again, Habakkuk goes into this this inquiring of the Lord. But you notice the correspondence going on? God said it. Habakkuk talked. God, you notice that conversation? Is there a conversation going on in your prayer life? Because there should be. Sometimes we don't listen. I told Jim that, that I sometimes don't like to be there on Tuesday morning prayer because I like to listen sometimes and I always feel like I got to get the prayer rolling. Sometimes we just need to listen. Make a request known and listen. What's the word say? You know, as God was working this sermon out with me, I'm praying, God, am I even on point? And then Gary Dumb sends a word out. Listen. God, am I on point? Gary Dumb sends a word out. But you see this, this correspondence going on, this reasoning, this listening, this, he even vented, I don't, I don't agree, God, you're going to do this? Why? I got better ways. <laughs> but there was talk going on. So like Habakkuk, we should inquire of the Lord because God is all-knowing, Isaiah 40, 28 tells us. In Psalms 148.5, I don't have this on the slide, sorry. We are all his children, and he is a good father, 1 John 3.2. He wants you to ask, seek, and make efforts to find answers to any questions of life, Matthew 7.7 tells us. He wants to shine the light to provide a path that you can follow, Psalms 119.105 says. He's invited us to a conversation because he said he'd come soon. Think about that. We need to be in tune with the Lord because he's coming soon. That's why we're having vision. That's why we pray for our family. That's why we do these things. Number two, Habakkuk possessed unshakable faith. 
God responds in Habakkuk 2, 3, and 4, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. I will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It's not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. So again, unshakable faith. And we've kind of already hit all around that, so I don't need to spend a time on it. But, but slide 11, through that conversation, it gave Habakkuk unshakable faith. It gave him the faith to wait for it. He says in Habakkuk three seventeen and 18, and I'll give you a minute to get there. It's not, it may be on the slide, but Habakkuk three seventeen and 18. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on its vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. In other words, all the bad things going on around him when the Babylonians come through, take the people away into captivity. That's when he says, but his soul is puffed up. Whoop, whoop, nope. That's when he says, yeah, verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in God of my salvation. That's the joy that we need to learn to operate in as believers. You guys realize that, that Paul's theology on justification by faith, slide 13, is based upon the righteous shall live by faith. Even in justification. I can't believe that Jesus would forgive all of my sins without me paying for it, without me doing anything. You mean for by grace we're saved through faith, not of ourselves, but it's a gift from God? Amen. And the righteous shall live by faith. But Romans 1.17, for in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Now, some of the Bible studies, I think, are, and care groups are, are studying and talking about what's talked about on Sunday. Why don't you review Romans 1.17? Galatians 3.11 and Hebrews 10.37 and 38. I'll jump to 10.37 and 38, but my righteous shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. God doesn't want us to be paralyzed. God doesn't want our faith to be inactive, but he wants us to live by faith and trust. Verse 39, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed but of those who have faith and persevere their souls. Think about that. Why do we shrink back when the righteous live by faith? It doesn't matter what's going on in this world. It doesn't matter what the enemy does. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, he works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his, his grace. Slide 12 says, for I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's the word of God. The just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. And then last, 
Habakkuk was concerned with revival. The same way as we should be concerned that God moves. But guys, uh, let me tell you a secret. There's a revival going on in the kingdom of God. There's always a revival going on with God. Are we in line with that revival? When we align with that revival as individuals, it'll go off onto everybody else. But Habakkuk 3, 2, O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. So he's saying, Lord, revive us. Pull us to your side, Lord. And he continues to pray for a people that doesn't even want him, doesn't even want the Lord, that are backslidden and going the wrong way. And he's praying for revival, even knowing the prophecy the Lord had given. All the more that we should go, save, disciple, and send. Because we have a great message to share. But God's answer to Habakkuk's prayer, he really already answered it. He said, look among the nations and see, wonder and be astonished for I'm doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. That's how God started it out. And God's doing a work right now that you would never believe even if he showed you. So that's why Hebrews 11.1 says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Really, when I studied more on vision, vision is simply faith. The Apostle Paul says, slide 16, no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things, God has revealed to us through his spirit. Now we're winding it back up, guys. We can't fathom, we can't see, we can't hear, we can't imagine the things God has for us. They're revealed in the Spirit. Did you catch that? They're revealed in the Spirit. Back to number one. We need to be intentional about going to the throne. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Inquiring of the Lord. Praying for revival. Praying for God to move in our life. Praying that God would make his vision known. And writing the vision down that he gives us. But through the Holy Spirit, he will guide us through this life. In closing today, those three things I want you to remember, and that's the altar call today, plus I'm losing my voice, is honestly inquire of the Lord. That's your challenge. Honestly. A lot of us, yeah, I inquire of the Lord. Honestly. Inquire of the Lord, unshakable faith, and be concerned that revival's going on in Israel, that a revival's going on in Ukraine, the revival's going on in Lamar, that revival's going on in Africa, that God's doing a work that we can't even see. We need to pray it in and listen. The Spirit will reveal it to us. What has God called you personally? to do and move in. 
How has God called you to operate in these last days? The praise team will come forward. Gary was on a roll this week. And I struggled with this message because I, sometimes I think I come off hard or, or like a crybaby last week. And, and I want to know that I'm hearing from the Lord. And, and, and I think many others hear from the Lord, and I wish you'd share it with me. But you take this for what it's worth. He wrote this one the 21st of October this last week. My people, it may seem to you that my plan is slow and unfolding. You must realize that my created persons are finite and I am infinite. And basically, we read it this way. You must realize that my created persons are limited, meaning we're limited, but he's unlimited. A day to me is like a thousand years. A thousand years is but a day to me. Yet with that being said, my plan is unfolding before your eyes. My plan is going on for eternity. That makes it quite difficult for something finite, in other words, somebody limited, such as you are, to see the things from an infinite perspective. I have all the time I need for my plan to unfold. So do not become discouraged that there are prophecies of old which are not waiting to be fulfilled. Do not begin to wonder about certain things that I have told you that are not happening in the twinkling of an eye, let yourself be secure that what has been prophesied will in fact be at the right time fulfilled. Let yourself be willing for my plan to unfold, although you might not be around when the fulfillment occurs. He didn't know I was talking about Habakkuk. Be not anxious about tomorrow, but the Lord did, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Be willing to enjoy the the day that you have giving me honor and praise for it. Joy. Joy in our righteousness. Joy in our faith. You will, in time, be with me to see eternity unfold before you. Praise the Lord. This is a promise you need to keep before your spiritual eyes. If you want copies of them words, Gary puts them out online, or you could ask me, But I did not tell Gary what I was talking about today. He didn't know, but God knew. And guys, we need to press into the Lord more than ever. If you're not saved today, man, you need to be saved. And there's people in this room that need to be saved. And I pray for you every day. I hope the church prays for the unsaved every day. But there's many in this room that that you're walking in paralyzation. Because your faith is so weak that you can't move. You're paralyzed about what's going on around you. And guys, the righteous shall live by faith. Take control of your spiritual life. Where are you at with Jesus today? And if you're good and everything's great, then pray for revival. But pray that it starts with you. But stand to your feet today. Father, we love you and we want all of you. Father, your spirit is speaking to us right now. And Father, I ask that we yield and listen. And Father, what you speak to us today, 
Lord, I ask that we move out. If the Lord's calling you to step out in salvation, come now. If you're paralyzed by, by things going on around you and the Lord's convicting of you, come to these altars now. But whatever thing God is dealing with you now, respond in Jesus' name.